0: transmitting directly from the launch pad bringing blue collar to your cell tower the rock and roll
1: libertarian himself it's time to blast off with Johnny rocket
2: you and
0: you gotta be in that I know you gotta be. It's blessed off with Johnny Rocket, and I'm here with my ray of truth, Miss Rayleigh Lightheart Hi, guys. Yeah, this is kind of a cool thing, but it's, you know, we, I just got back from Porkfest a little while ago, like a week or a week and a half ago. But uh, when I went to Porkfest, we, you know, it was a great time. I had a great experience. It was really beautiful out there in New Hampshire, Lancaster, New Hampshire. And I had a great time. I met some amazing people. Um, however, I had a, a, a show scheduled for Wednesday and when I went in there Wednesday, I, I, had, a, I had borrowed a recorder from Roger Paxton, bless his heart, and uh, I tried to hook it up and uh, I guess the, the audio just, it wasn't working. There were some technical difficulties on my end and I just couldn't get the thing to work and I wasn't unfamiliar with the board and I didn't have the right cables actually. That was the issue.
3: What uh, a bummer. Yeah, it
0: was a bummer, but you know, I'm Johnny Rocket and I I tried to adapt and overcome and I grabbed the <laughs> I grabbed my phone and put it down next to next to me and I was fortunate enough railing to have Will Coley be on the show and I've had I've never had him on the show before and I've actually I have interviewed him in 2016 at the National Libertarian Convention when he was running for vice That's president.
3: That's right. That's
0: right. But I never released it it was never released either. So I didn't want this to be the second time I screwed Will Coley over without producing a show. However, I don't think that the audio is good enough to put on as a regular quote unquote show. So the right. so audio is a little muffled. It wasn't, it, you know, you can hear it. It's just, it doesn't sound really good at all because uh, it was recorded on an iPhone. And so you get the gist of what was happening during the, during the show itself, but it was it was supposed to be scheduled for episode two. Um, I even make a reference like this is episode two, but it really wasn't. It, it it didn't make the cut just because of the audio quality.
3: So really, you are saving the day by sharing this interview with Will Coley, who is super influential. He's a brilliant mind and uh, he is sassy. So I think people want to hear sassy. that interview. He's so He's sassy. sassy.
2: He is. He is. <laughs> he is sassy.
0: Uh, No, but Will is great and I, I, you know, I went over to his tent and I'm like, dude, uh, can you please, uh, I need you for my interview because some of the people had lined up to to be part of the show. Obviously, we got the dates wrong and they came in later in the week and so I knew Will and I knew I screwed him over the first time at the 2016 convention because it never aired. I interviewed like six or seven people, nothing ever happened with it. Oh my gosh. And that was, well, it was another technical difficulty. Uh, <laughs> it was. And we had- you know
3: what, Johnny? I, I just, uh, real fast, I don't think people understand how much goes into doing these shows and how much planning it's, it's, we have a great time and there's a lot of BSing, but most people don't realize how much planning goes into it, how much the audio quality actually matters, all that kind of stuff. And and I don't wouldn't call it screwing over Will because he's doing just fine, but it's, you don't want to screw over our audience who wants to hear Will Coley talk. So I'm glad Absolutely. that you're releasing this now. This is wonderful. Well,
0: and I figured it's, instead of having it as an actual show, it would just go out to our patrons our patrons uh, on the show who have supported the show. And so backstage pass listeners and uh, those people are important to us. So I figured I'd give them an opportunity to hear the show in its raw form so to speak, but I I just, I figured I can't let this go. This was the second, this was the second show off the record. However, it didn't make the cut. It ended up on the cutting room floor, but I do think it's important for people to hear what Will Coley had to say. I know he's he's cool.
3: funny. I like him.
0: He's a cool dude and I really like him. And you know what? He is, his, his family is just really, really sweet people. I mean, we, I went over to the tent he has and he's selling shirts and he's making food. And he's on podcasts and he's running around the park. And I'm like, dude, you kind of like run this place. You and Roger. And he's like, oh, fuck yeah, dude. I'm all over the place. So you know what though? I'll tell you what, Raylene, the best experiences about Porkfest was uh, actually meeting my brothers from another mother, uh, you know, Mark Claire, And uh, it was yeah. great to meet Mark because me and him hung out for the entire first day. I mean, that's that's all I did was hang out with Mark Claire and uh, my girlfriend. So it was like the three of us hanging out all day and he, he was giving me shit cause he's like, how do you know everyone? You were only here for a day. And I'm like, well, because you know, the open bar got to me pretty quick and it yeah. snuck up on me. And next thing you know, Mark Claire and I are, you know, I'm like, I guess I met everyone yesterday. And so it was pretty fun. I was like high five and everyone as I walked through the entire pork fest festival. And
3: uh, I, I love that, that you found your, your little soulmate at, <laughs> <What? laughs> at Mark Claire. Both of you have great hair. I, so
0: we do. And uh, but no, me and him were you know he he was cool. It was it was great hanging out with him, and he's a nice guy. And uh, I really liked meeting Howie. Howie's Howie's a trip. I mean, he got blasted. Like I, I we went to Pork Fest one morning. We woke up, so it was Holly, Mark, and myself. And the reason it ended up me and Mark hanging out because Howie had like two or three drinks, and he was done. He was oh, passed so Howie
3: out. Is the same as me.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's why you would suck at the whiskey challenge, but we're going (laughs) to train you if we ever go against them, if we ever do it. I don't know. I think it'd be kind of fun though. Blast off crew versus the lines of Liberty. I think that would be a pretty fucking good challenge.
3: Well, any, we could do any challenge with them. It'd be fun. Uh, I, they're, they're a fun crew. They
0: are a fun crew, but I really want to say, I really love meeting Brian McWilliams. He's hilarious. Uh, and when they did the Whiskey Challenge episode, it was fucking hilarious. Now, if it, it, again, Pork Fest is a lot of things going on in the room, so I don't think the audio captured the entire experience. If it was filmed, it would have been just off the hook, hilarious. Um, there Goals. was some filmed.
3: Goals, let's try to do that.
0: It, it, I know, right? I mean, I'm just saying like half the stuff that was going on was visual. And so, I mean, I feel bad for people who weren't there because you didn't get the, you didn't embrace the entire product that was being, you know, presented to us as listeners. Nice. Uh, but uh, John Odermatt, another great man. Uh, I love John. And he is, he's one, he's the nicest of the lines of liberty. I mean, he is just a, a nice dude. And uh, we arm wrestled and he won. But what, here's the thing. Here's the okay, thing, Raylene. Like
3: I know this story, and I'm just going to tell the listeners that he won, but how many people did you beat before that, and how tired was your arm?
0: I was fatigued as fuck. I was winning.
3: <sighs> I thought so.
0: Yeah, and then so because John, and he's you're like- you're
3: really strong, actually. Like, you're kind of buff, actually.
0: I'm okay now. Well, I have like a physical labor job, but no, I wouldn't say I'm buff. I'm just-
3: Okay, well, I mean, I didn't say- Waxing your body full of hair or free of hair and covering yourself in baby oil, buff. I mean, that's gross. I'm talking about like you have a man body with muscles.
0: Yes, I do. Thank you. Are you Are you looking at my uh my wonderful uh six pack? Not and not the one that's on the desk right now.
3: (laughs) No, no. I I try to avert my eyes. I don't want to faint when I'm trying to do a show with you.
0: (laughs) Okay, thanks for the compliment. You're 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 wonderful. Um. But I also do want to say uh, thanks to Roger Paxton, and he, he, he I don't know if you've, you, you weren't there, but if you had met Roger, he is the sweetest guy too. I mean, he's such a cool guy, and he was running that entire event, really.
3: Yeah, I, I, I just, i every time we talk about your experience and when you called me from the road, to tell me what was going on. I just, Roger Paxton came up constantly about how much he was doing and how much he was helping out with everything, everybody. Mm -hmm.
0: Oh yeah, that guy had his finger on the pulse of Porkfest. And uh, he's such a cool guy. Roger Paxton is such a good man. Actually, I also met Chris Spengel. He saved my life when I was there. What? yeah, he uh, brought me cigarettes. I couldn't, I, I didn't have a vehicle. Oh, so we were, that's right. Yeah. So he brought me cigarettes and apparently I kissed him. I don't remember doing that. <laughs> uh, but, I, I, you know, like I said, that open bar thing really kind of got to me really quick. I didn't realize that, you know, how that was sneaking up on well,
3: me. I mean, normally we pay for alcohol, so it keeps us in check. But um, I can imagine the temptation that the open bar would create.
0: Oh, yeah. It was awesome. I mean it was great. And you know, it's kind of dangerous for a guy like me to be you know, have like all access to booze. And you were uh, in a
3: good crowd though of people who, who know how to hold their liquor and have fun.
0: Um, uh, maybe except for Howie.
3: Except for Howie. Well, you yeah. know, again, you're always in a safe place with me, even though I also cannot hold my liquor. So
0: Well, you really don't drink. I mean you have well, not a lot. No, I mean like we've we've had shows where you've had like a glass of beer, but nothing right. like Give me some of that, but you don't like, yeah, give me the bottle. You know, you're not crazy with it. Sometimes, you know, in the past with the, you know, the launch pad, we had banned vodka just because of the fact that, you know, when you have a couple drinks of vodka, it just kicks your ass a little faster because I, you know, what I used to do is pour vodka in my
3: beer. Right, you talked about that before, that you actually like it. It kind of, it helps you, um, kickstart, they're feeling comfortable and having fun with everybody. And then you just bring it down to just beer after that.
0: Yeah, but you, it, it could sneak up on you if you're not careful. So yep. yeah, but yeah, Chris Spangle saved my life. And uh, thanks, Chris. Uh, I know you don't subscribe to the Patreon, but you're a good man. And uh, Arvin Vora, I met him uh, again. I've met him before, but uh, he was there. And uh, there's so many other libertarians that I'd met there that, you know, I God, I, I lost track of their names and stuff, but they're just Really good people. Pork fest was fun. There was anarchy without law. I mean, it really was anarchy without law. Everyone there was polite. I mean, seriously, we had I had like four or five hundred dollars worth of equipment in my backpack, and I had laid it there at the side of the table. And I'm like, oh shit, I forgot my backpack. And I go back a couple hours later, and there it is.
3: Oh, it, it, we're talking about people who believe in self-accountability and self-governance and, and people who uh, know that it's wrong to hurt somebody and steal. When you're t- dealing with a group of people who don't want to tax people because it's theft and they know that, you're dealing with people with principle and they are less likely to steal. Thank goodness.
0: Raylene, but if we ever do, you know, you should come next year if we do I it. I
3: would love to. If that was, we do it. I was so sad that I couldn't go. I was so sad about it.
0: But, but next you know, I've got
3: a lot of kids. Yeah, hopefully.
0: You know what? And it's a great experience for the kids, too. So if you guys have kids, please bring them. Kids, they have programs for kids. They have, like, little, like, playground things for the children. And they have libertarian reading, like, book readings and for little kids. And they have a lot of children's activities there that are geared just for kids.
3: That is so smart because libertarians are regular people. We're not all rich assholes with business suits or um like people think we're not all elon musk you know i think people forget that that uh real people want liberty and real people know that taxation is theft it's not just giant corporations that 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 are in quotes libertarian that isn't true but you know how that goes oh yeah. So i love that there's kids being involved and and parents can have fun too
0: absolutely and it was it was a great experience and now only thing i regret was i didn't stay the last night so i didn't see backwards and i didn't you know, oh. see uh, Jeffrey Tucker. I didn't see a lot of these people that I really wanted to see, but it just worked out where I had to leave like Saturday, where the main event was, because I had to get back to Boston and get on a plane and come back to Seattle. So the drive out there, though, all I have to say is rent a car and keep yeah. it. Don't yeah. don't don't fuck around with the you know buses and all that bullshit. Just rent a car
3: and Uber. It sounds cheaper, but it just takes so long.
0: Oh yeah, it was just it's it's out in the middle of Guam. I mean, there really isn't much going on out there. So uh, my suggestion, if you do go to Pork Fest, go to Boston, fly into Boston, rent a car, keep the car. We stayed at the Cabot Inn over there, and I would recommend that place. It was really oh, good.
3: Yeah, it sounded like a nice room. Your girlfriend really liked it.
0: She did. She we had the uh, we had the constitutional breakfast every morning, and uh, <laughs> it was really good. They had eggs and sauce. I mean, it was it was good. It was actually really a really nice little place for the money. It was really it was. called
3: constitutional breakfast, or that, was it called the?
0: It was a continental. the international. It was a continental. Con, it was a continental. I just call okay. it constitutional.
3: That was the I, joke. I I kind of love it. I yeah. would steal it and use it too. Yeah, it was
0: good. It, it, you know, I thought the room was good. Pork fest was great. A lot of cool vendors out there, and I just had a great time meeting people that I probably normally would have would not have met. And the free state project is really cool too. So they have a lot of things going on there with the free state project. So if you're a libertarian interested in the Free State Project, please check it out. And uh, I would recommend it. I don't wanna move to New Hampshire, but I think it was a great place to visit and I'm glad I did it.
3: And wouldn't it be wonderful to have a satellite project um, somewhere on the, the West Coast or somewhere a little more centrally located? Um, if if we all see the examples that the Free State Project is, is d- living and they're doing, uh, what's to stop us from organizing voluntary communities and and more libertarian communities elsewhere, I mean, this is awesome. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Uh, And I think that's what they're trying to make, you know, and there's only so many libertarians in the world, so they just wanna pretty much occupy that state so it remains live free or die.
3: Yep, strength in numbers makes sense, especially when we can see it as a living example and start employing that other places because a lot of people are libertarians but they just don't know it yet.
0: That's right. Okay, so without further ado, here is episode two, or the, was supposed to be episode two, uh, Johnny Rocket, Blast Off with Johnny Rocket at Porkfest 2018. Hope you guys enjoy. Thank you guys very much. Thank you. Hey, it's Johnny Rocket here at Blast Off, episode number two, here at Porkfest 15, and I'm glad I have a room full of great people, and, uh, so make some noise, if you're in the room. That's right, I'm rolling to Porkfest 15. This is Johnny Rocket. Always launching ideas in your direction. And uh, you know, I'm, I'm just honored to be here. It's Pork Fest 15 and you know, what's really great is this is the first time I've been here. I'm a, actually, I'm breaking my Pork Fest cherry, And so I'm bleeding inside because I'm a bleeding heart, not really. But I, I just want to let everyone know <laughs> Will like that, he liked that joke. But uh, I'm really excited to be here and there's some terrific speakers and it, it, this is a fun place. I mean, like there is organized chaos. I would have to say there's actual organized chaos here at Porkfest. And the, you know, the trip getting here was just, it was kind of messed up. We are like, we're, it took 24 hours to get here and it just, dude, it sucked. uh, But it's worth it because, you know, I got to meet my my great brother from another mother, Mr. Roger Paxton, who just walked in the room. He's, like, trying to be sneaky. He's like, eh, I'm sneaking in the back. But no, I'm serious. Roger Paxton's great. And I got to meet, you know, I've met Will Coley. And Will's actually going to be our guest. But before I bring him on, I have a couple things to say. Uh, Right now I'm doing a new media company. It's called The Launchpad Media. And you can find it at thelaunchpadmedia.com. And uh, what I'm doing is, it's it's a mission to change the culture. Um, and what we're doing is we're not just doing another podcast network or anything like that. What we're actually trying to do is to change the way people think about libertarianism. And I think it's imperative that we do. We do change those things. Because most people just don't know about it. And they go, you're liberal? No. I just don't want the government. And so I'm an anarchist, you know. But I don't want to come out and say that because then they think you're wearing a tinfoil hat and you look stupid. So I said, you know, I just want to reduce the size of government. Let's start there. And, uh, but I think if we start questioning those things and what this new media company will do is I'm in hopes of changing the culture. And I think that's imperative that we do that. So uh, I really appreciate if you guys check out thelaunchpadmedia.com and you can check out all the great shows. We have Stephen Clyde from, uh, he does the peace and liberty podcast. And we have Sherry Voluntary, we have Alan Mosley, we have possibly Robin Kerner, we have Clint Rankin and Greg Lyre from Donor C who's going to be doing a show. Uh, Mary Ruart, she's fucking awesome. And she's going to be part of it too. So we have a lot of, lot of rock stars. We have rock stars on this damn network. And I couldn't have done it without my, also my girlfriend, she's here in the audience and she's amazing. And I, I couldn't have asked for a better girl. So she's she's right here, she's like, you asshole. But uh, but I do wanna say thank you guys so much for being here on uh, this beautiful day in Lancaster, New Hampshire, PortFest 15, and again, I'm Johnny Rocket. So soon as possible, I'm gonna bring on our guest. Okay, get, buckle up, buckle up. He's a redneck from East Tennessee. Known as, I mean, he's a self-proclaimed redneck. He studied Islamic history and jurisprudence, he ran as the vice presidential candidate for the Libertarian Party in 2016, and I interviewed you before, but it got lost in the mail. Uh, he's the uh, host of the international podcast, Call to Freedom, and he's also the founder for Mo- F- founder and former national director for Muslims for Liberty. I welcome here on the launch pad, give it
2: up for Will Culley.
0: Well, thanks for being here, brother. How hey, you doing, doing, Johnny? I'm doing good. Another good day. Another good day, making another dollar, having right. fun, man. Yeah, and I'm, you know what's great? Is I am so glad I got the VIP thing here at Porkfest. I would have been fucked. Sorry, kids, I'm sorry. Yeah. But I would have been fucked without it. I'm serious, and that is the best decision I've ever made. And it was getting the- uh, The VIP. Oh, yeah. Because and I would have ran up a bill like five hundred dollars already. Oh yeah. And we have the bartender from the tent here, and she's sitting here going, "Oh yeah." Yeah. It would have been at least five hundred pounds,
1: right? Well, and Roger asked me when I got my ticket. He was like, "So uh, you want to get the the VIP upgrade?" And I'm like, "I don't do. I, I don't need free booze. It doesn't help me at all." <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah. No, no, dude. Yeah, and you probably don't drink. Not at all. Okay, good. It doesn't help me a bit. No, it doesn't. Not for you. But for me, it's a bigger t- it's a bigger tent to get out of the out of, out of <laughs> oh, the sunshine. Talk about
0: big tent, right? Right. Okay, so there's a... I I'm it's just the right kind of big tent, so it's, it's, it's actually filled with libertarians and anarchists. It, yes. And this is what's really cool. It's like, you know, and here's the thing I told Roger, I said, you know, it's not really a big about like there's
1: some asshole libertarians. Oh yes. There is. I, and if you're I, an I, asshole, I, cool I am one from time to time. <laughs> we all are. We all are. And then the joke, I was telling i was
0: telling my girlfriend, I said, you know what's hilarious? What do libertarians hate more than anything? Other libertarians. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we hate each other. It's like, that guy's fucking status. Fuck that guy. Uh, but I think it's hilarious. But, Will, tell us about, you've been here at Porkfest and you've been coming for... Wow. This is my six. Yeah, six years in a half. Wow. So, so talk to us about Porkfest and uh, what your experiences have been here, man.
1: Well, I do festivals all over the country. I have been for about three years now. And it's the only one, even in the libertarian space, sadly, it's the only one where you can go. And like I literally left $3,000 worth of silver bullion out on a table for an entire week one year. Like, we came here, we were raising money to help uh, uh, basically create a libertarian party in Pakistan, which was successful, by the way. And the founder of will be in Keene, New Hampshire, July 1st, and will be at the Malik Center, the Muqmasjid uh, Elatif, latif which a lot of the Fest community helped to pay for and fund, by the way. Um... And I just left the bullion sitting out because I knew that you could leave $3,000 worth of bullion sitting on a table and go to bed and come back tomorrow. And if any of it was missing, there would be piles of money under other coins or there would be like a note under a coin that was like, send me some Litecoin. You know? <laughs> right. So, sure. if, if there's anything, if, if I went out there and I was like, okay, so there's. Twenty thirty. okay, there's 35 coins here. And go up and then come back. If there's not 35 coins there, there's money or crypto that I've been given, or a note saying, hey, maybe you shouldn't leave all this stuff out, somebody might steal it. I've actually had that happen as well. I left my cash box out on accident. And um, no one stole it. Nobody stole it, but they left a note that was like, you shouldn't leave this out, this isn't very smart. No, that's funny, and I noticed that too. Like
0: I, like I came here and I saw I was like walking down the little road there to the field, and I saw like a shirt on the ground, and it was really cool. Yeah, it said "Campfires Make Me Hot."
1: Yeah, is that your shirt? No, no, but people are just walking around it, if you'll notice, because it's someone else's <laughs> property. So it literally will either sit where it is or go to lost and found, and that's like that's what happens at, at, at oh, yeah. the Porcupine Festival. Oh yeah, and yeah. it's not just property; we we treat each other's families and children, everything like that. If, if one of my boys was in a place where I wouldn't want them to be, and anyone here who knew me saw them there, they right. would immediately walk over to them and be like, I know your dad wouldn't want you here. Do you need me to help you back to your campsite? That's good. That's instantly. Good, good without without that's a good question. Plan. So it's, like, I, it's the kind of place where you can have, like, quote-unquote, free-range kids, yeah. which basically is that's kids like a, we were when we were kids. No, yeah, that's exactly what we did anyway. That's a new thing in Utah,
0: apparently. Like, they said, hey, free-range child care. Might yeah. be like a new thing In Utah we're like We did this shit our own Whole oh, life like, uh, You mean the 80s? Yeah, like the 80s We <laughs> the, didn't the have 90s, helmets yeah. We didn't have knee pads <laughs> We like broke bones And mom's like Fucking deal with it Yeah You know like Mom didn't Are you, you bleeding? Shit. Are you yeah, bleeding? No Exactly bleeding. Dust it off and it's pour some honey on it. Yeah. Put some dirt on it. It'd be good. Throw some leaves on it. Rub it off. You're good. My oh, my
1: God. All of our parents would be in jail now, right now. On the way laws Child abuse. <laughs> child abuse epidemic. I, so, prescri- I was 11 years old babysitting myself, <laughs> cooking my dad's dinner while my mom was like on her way home. Yeah. My mom's working in Oak Ridge like an hour from where we live. My dad comes home. I get home from work. There's a uh, from school. There's a note on the fridge. It's like, this is there. This is what you put it at. You get it out. You put it in the fridge. Dad will be home in an hour. Now, yeah. I'll let you do that. When There's literally states that have laws that if you leave a child under the age of 12 alone in a room,
2: yeah. that
1: you're in the same house. Yeah. For more than 10 minutes, it can, can be considered neglect. That if the child hurts themselves... And you've been gone longer than 10 minutes. What status is? I think it's Michigan. Let's not move there. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Let's never go. So we have like a world traveler here. She's also the bartender here. And uh, she's been all around the world. However, she probably hasn't been to Michigan. That's a shithole. Trust me. It's a shithole. You
1: don't want to go to Michigan. If you're from Michigan, I'll give you a call. Have you been to Iraq yet? No. Okay, well, then you haven't been to Detroit. Oh, man, it's great. Oh, my God. Okay, Did so... here you hear? Um, they just had to fire the head of the land management division in Michigan because he went, he, he thought it would be a good idea to go on a radio station and give an interview, and oh. when they asked about like what's wrong with right. the water in Flint, Michigan, he right. didn't say anything about how like the government sucks and like you know forced monopolies right. or no right. no no he 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 screamed expletives and racial epithets, and it's it's about effing uh, inwards that don't pay their bills <laughs> and like I'm like he, said, you, this? he said this he said it on was the it? air live <laughs> on and then NPR. Censor him though. No, it was live. Oh, <laughs> That's crazy, dude. That was crazy. How long do you think it took before he got fired? <laughs> uh,
0: I, I don't know. Probably really it quick. Could, uh, they probably, like, separated themselves very quickly from him. It I couldn't possibly
1: it. be him and all the bureaucracy that's pocketing the money that's supposed to be oh, going yeah. to the infrastructure. Oh, absolutely. No, 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 no. It's the minorities that aren't, paying, that aren't paying their bills. You know, that's what it is. So let me ask you a question.
0: Um, Will, this is a question I got to – this is a hard question. And I think we should be asking ourselves – in Seattle, where I'm from, there is an epidemic of homelessness. And it's a serious problem. Yeah, And, you know, businesses are booming. There's a lot of corporate, you know, business, Amazon, Boeing, all these big businesses are there. What do we do? I, 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 I've been thinking about it. I mean, like, there's a lot of housing that's just really expensive. And I'm not saying that, like, we should have laws or legislation to govern that. Well, what do we do as human beings to fight this homelessness i mean it's it's really a problem and i don't know if you've thought about it cuz you were, you ran for vice president of the yeah. of the nation of the world yeah libertarian what do we do man i don't know it's a, it's a serious question i don't have the answer to and i've
1: asked a few people and they kind of like eh, charity i don't know a lot of, uh, that that is part of the solution is Is charity, I think the the biggest thing is a lot of people look at the the problem in too massive of a scale. Uh You know, like you're looking at all of Seattle. Well, I I mean, don't look at all of Seattle. Look at your neighborhood. What can you do in your neighborhood to ease the suffering in your neighborhood? What does your does your neighbor have a job? Did he lose his job recently? I think do you know the name of the person who lives on each across the street behind you left and right? I, I do. See, you're a rarity in this country. Well, and because that, I force myself. I know, hey, I'm Johnny, bought cookies, hey. You know, and, and they're like, what you know? That in <laughs> itself is a rarity in this country. And I think if we looked after each other in that manner, uh-huh. we could fix a lot of these problems. It's, it's one, one of the things in, in my own personal faith is that if you go to f- sleep with a full stomach, but you know that your neighbor is hungry, then you've committed a sin. Sure. So if we look at the world like that, That means you have to know your neighbor well enough to know Uh, whether his belly is empty or full, especially with the pride that exists within human hmm. beings of like, I don't want to tell people my suffering. Well, at least it used to be that way. Yeah, It's not quite so much anymore, but I I don't want to tell people my suffering. I want, I'll I'll deal with it myself. I don't want charity, you know, that kind of thing. Um, That's another problem is you have to find a way sometimes to give charity where people don't know that you're helping them because they they need the help but they don't want to feel like they're being helped because you know to be poor I've I've been on that side. I've literally oh, yeah. slept on park benches and, and underneath of, of a mail truck literally. Um and when you're at that position you you are humi- you're humiliated and you yeah. don't want to have to be humiliated one more time when you have to walk to another human being with like with your hat in your hand, you know? Yeah. Like like that scene from, from Cinderella man Where the guy's like, look, man, my hand is broken. I can't get a job. There's nothing I can do. They just turn my lights off. It's 12 degrees outside. My kids are cold and I don't know what else to do. I have to swallow everything about myself that I think makes me a man and go ask another person for help. You have to admit that that feeling exists within people and find a way to give around it. And then you also have to realize that there are people like I have a sister. She's schizophrenic. She's clinically schizophrenic and she prefers to live on the street. She just does. But there's a lot of
0: choice. That's what I'm saying, though. There's a lot of homeless people, right, who go, fuck, I want to do my drugs. I want to get drunk. And I want to stay out here because guess what? It's better than working. Yeah. It is. And then, but we go, oh, well, we need to supply. You know, and I think this is what's wrong with culture is they think that, like, water is a right. Well, if you go and get the water, it could be a right from a natural resource. Yeah, you earned it. You work for it. But I don't think it is a right.
1: Sewer isn't a right. Being having sewage. In Seattle, they're actually... Dig a ditch and put a a, a a building over it like they did for hundreds of years. That's right. Before we had indoor plumbing. My dad was 21 years old before he took a dump in an inside toilet. Uh-huh. The My father, 21 years old before he took a dump in a toilet that was inside of a house with plumbing. Wow. That's because crazy. Man. It's that recent. And now yeah. we act like... These things that, like, the generations before us were massive luxuries to them. So We, we, are, yeah. we, we feel literally entitled to these things. You're well, entitled. I'm a, I'm here's a, what a, you're, a, entitled you're entitled to. You're entitled to oxygen, and you're entitled to work and toil for the things that you want. And that's about it. That's it. Oh, and you're also entitled to pay taxes and die. <laughs> well, I, I think we're also entitled to our negative rights. And that's something I wanted to bring up,
0: is that that is the one thing that we do have. And I think that is something we should be fighting for. Not positive rights, but negative rights. The right to choose. And no one is obligated to do something for us, but that's what we need to be fighting for, is the right to own guns. The right to do these things do these things, out of our own free will, as long as we're not hurting anyone else. And
1: Seattle, I, the really? place that
0: I live in, Will, is just, it's horrific. It really is, brother.
1: Well, I think part of the problem is our culture has flipped what our, what our values are. We've flipped them on their head now. Oh. So um, when uh, I was watching a documentary not long ago, and they made a uh, an observation that I felt was kind of funny, uh, there there were there there are two visions of America. There was Thomas Jefferson's vision of America, where the power of the government is very strictly limited to what is mentioned in the Constitution. Anything co- that the government's not specifically said can do in the Constitution, it's not allowed to do. And even if it's not specifically mentioned in the Constitution, it is a right of the people. That's right. Enumerated rights doesn't mean these are the only rights you have. It just means these are the biggest ones that we're going to make sure absolutely 100% to protect by law. And then there's the other side, which is the Roosevelt the, the, the Roosevelt view, which is that anything that the Constitution doesn't specifically say the government can't do, it can, and anything that it doesn't specifically say the public can do, it can't. It's literally the exact opposite understanding, uh, but the the problem is is one guy wrote the damn thing, (laughs) which, you know, and the other guy... Decided to, to reinterpret it two hundred years later. So mm-hmm. I'm going to go with the view of the guy who actually put the pen on the paper, not the guy who two hundred years later was like, "Well, I have this view, so I'm going to reinterpret what you wrote yes. to, to be the opposite of what you stated yourself that you meant." Yes. And it, it was a beautiful. Do- I mean, the idea behind it. That, you know, a lot of people get. You know, it's funny. Is a lot of people. I like the Declaration better because the
0: Declaration very, was great. Yeah. And what I love, it should have just stopped there. Stop. Just stop. Government should have stopped right there. And said, fuck okay, it, we're done. We're good. We're golden. Uh, you know, what? I, I was talking to somebody, and I said, you know, I would rather have been under the Articles of Confederation than the Constitution. Oh, How absolutely. wonderful the Articles were. Because you know why? Unanimous vote. Everyone had to vote. And they had to all vote. Guess what? Nothing got done. That was awesome. <laughs> Nothing got done. And that is what freedom should be, because we don't need the state. We don't. We we are organized. There is no chaos, right? We're here at Pork We're
1: witnessing anarchy. Boards screw everything up. Any time you put anything to the vote of a board, it you, it screws everything up. What yeah. what is Congress but a gigantic board? That's right. That's right, man. It's a, what, a, a, a 600 member or something like that board of, dire- <laughs> yeah. board of directors. And yeah. Uh, and the, the, the only life. time they ever agree on anything, it's that they need to bend you over the table and give it to you a little bit harder than they did yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> okay,
0: Will, so thank you so much for being here at Blast Off. And uh, <laughs> dude, you, you, you're funny as fuck, man. Uh, so I have a question for you. A lot of people are saying that you're a Nazi. Yeah. You don't seem like one. You're not wearing <laughs> well, a swastika. I am, no, you're not. Well, I
1: mean I'm white, so and I mean I, you're <laughs> white. You're I mean, cis male. I'm literally you like, like chicks. Right? Physically the whitest man that I know. So no, well, I'm I'm good second dude. I do mean, like <laughs> I if little, I pull up my pant legs, my legs are blue. They're okay. not actually, they're blue. They're not white. <laughs> they, so You can see the blue in my veins. There you go. <laughs> I'm see-through. I'm translucent. Uh, yeah. <laughs> He's translucent.
0: Our first translucent guest here. I'm <laughs> <laughs> blasted out.
1: Well, I mean, why are you a Nazi? Come on. <laughs> I mean, just, just you know, we got to talk about this. This is well, important. Basically, there's uh, a group called the Oath Keepers. And there was some jackass who gave an anti-Muslim speech and he had a massive heart attack while he was giving the speech and that's kind of ironic he, right yeah. and he died at the scene it was re- revived by paramedics and i was talking to another libertarian named matthew minsell and he says you know what what if you guys cuz originally it was thought that he had died completely what if you guys helped pay for the funeral and i was like what a great idea and then that's beautiful it was found, it was found out it's that he beautiful. it was found out that he lived and i was like Let's pay his hospital bills, yo. And I wrote this thing online. I went to a Muslim uh, organization called Launch Good. And there you go. That's Uh, right. It's kind of like
0: the old launch. Yeah, yeah. 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 Called
1: launchgood.com. And I presented my idea to them. And I was like, look, you know, I want to raise money for this. I want to do it like this. You know, uh, in history, uh, when there was a woman that used to pour garbage on the back of Muhammad when he prayed in the morning. And one day she didn't show up. Mm-hmm. And he went to her house. It was actually one of his aunts, and he went to her house to check on her. And she was sick, so he sent for a physician and paid for the physician to come and care for her. That was how he responded to this person who had spent, you know, years pouring entrails on him while he was praying. And then in the days of the Crusades, Salah when uh, when the king, when King, uh, well, I think it was William, fell off his horse in a battle and was injured really badly, Salahaddin sent him a doctor. To help take care of him, uh, and then again in the in the nineteenth uh, the century during the French colonialism, as the French were trying to take over Algeria, they fought against the the leader there. His name was Qadr El Jaziri, and he was defeated by Napoleon the Second and imprisoned by the French consulate for ten years. Napoleon the Third comes along and sees the injustice that was done and releases him from prison. And he but Algeria is now French territory. So he goes to Syria, which is also French territory, but it's in the midst of a revolution. Right. And the same French consulate is holed up oui. in a building uh-huh. under siege by a Muslim army. And but they're civilians. They're not they're not an army. No one has they don't have weapons. They're, it's a it's a consulate. It's a peaceful building. Right. So Abdul Qadr al-Jazri takes his army and stands between these Frenchmen, literally the men who put him in prison 10 years before, and the Muslim army that wished to kill them, and said that to protect their lives was no different than when they were protecting their homeland from the very same men in Algeria. And I mentioned all of these different examples, and I said, we need to be that example again today, and this is our opportunity to do so. Let's help pay for this guy's medical bills. And at the beginning, the reaction was what it should have been. This is a good thing. Let's give some money. And I raised about $3,000. That's awesome, dude. And then the left-wing Muslim cadre, Twitter army, uh, women's right, the women's march uh, organizers. That crowd, literally, that crowd got wind of it. And then it became, I'm a Nazi. I'm a white supremacist. I'm raising money for Nazis. Uh, I'm sorry. If you're a white dude and you don't like Muslims, that doesn't make you a Nazi. Like, Nazi has an actual definition. Uh, Asshole and bigot is... Usually a character trait of Nazis, right? But it doesn't necessarily mean but that doesn't make your, make your make you national rational, socialist. Um, yeah, or white program, supremacist right. is a term that has a definition. Being white and raising money for someone who is sick who doesn't make you a white supremacist. It just means the guy who's sick happens to be white. If it had been Alan West who had had the heart attack, he's a black dude. I would have still raised the money for him, and they still would have called me a Nazi <laughs> yeah, because right. they don't like him either. You know so so then you would have then at least then it would have been able to be seen like it's not really about the skin it's about f- political philosophy political ideology but when here's yep. the best part though yep. Imams and religious scholars of Islam all across the country started coming out in my defense that's saying, cool, man. Saying, you know, look, this brother, what he's doing, this is the what the religion To reject the opportunity for vengeance. Like, this man is just had a, a heart attack so bad it gave him brain damage. He can't defend himself against us anymore. That's right. And for a person who, who... You basically have the upper hand. It's like you have the sword against the man who has no weapon. And you choose, instead of revenge for a wrong he has done to you... Right. ...to lay that down and try to help him instead. That That's like... That's what it's about. Right. And and they attacked the scholars and they attacked the imams. So that tells you right there that like these are people that they their shtick is that they're defending my religion in politics. But when the the leaders, the religious scholars of my religion say your politics is counter to what our faith teaches, your liberal uh, white privilege, ingratitude, entitlement. Philosophy is literally counter to our religion. Instead of accepting it and saying, okay, well, then we're wrong. We'll call ourselves other kinds of activists. Sure. They simply attack the scholars. They're like, well, I have a degree in social work. So your 40 years of studying in Egypt means nothing. Sure. Yeah. No, I'm with you, brother. <laughs> I'm with you. And so it's blast off of Johnny Rocket. Give it up for Will Coley.
0: We're not done with you yet, sir. Well, what we got next is Rocket Fire. And if you guys stick around, we'll be right back. Rock and roll. Let's smoke. And I just want to say that there is very few podcasts that I take the time to listen to every week. But with my limited time, I really want to listen to shows that really stick out. Please give a listen to Mark Claire on the Lines of Liberty. Every show he does Ooh. is just badass.
2: Fucking if you boy, want to laugh your ass yeah, off, yeah.
0: listen to Chris Spangle with the We Are Libertarians crew. And if you really want to dig deep into the philosophical and the principles of libertarianism, then I suggest you listen to Roger Paxton on the Love of Flow. All these shows are amazing. I personally think every show these guys produce is top notch. So again, listen to the lines of liberty. We are Libertarians and The Lava Flow. You will not be disappointed.
1: Hey guys, this is Roger Paxton. And if you're fed up with the government running every single aspect of your life, but you're not listening to The Lava Flow podcast yet, then what's wrong with you? Check us out at
2: thelavaflow.com or just go back to sucking up the government. The Lava Flow
0: Podcast, striking the root every single episode. This is Chris Spangle, and I am the host of We Are Libertarians, which you can find in iTunes, Google Play, or at We Are
3: Libertarians.com. We are a podcast that brings you all of the irreverence that modern politics deserves by examining current events from a libertarian perspective. So please check us out at We Are Libertarians.com.
0: Blue collar to your cell tower.
2: The rock and roll inventorian himself. It's time to blast off with Johnny Rocket.
0: i with Johnny Rocket here at PortFest 15 and I'm here with my guest, Mr. Will Coley. Hey, so this is Johnny Rocket, always watching Ideas, and here at PortFest 15. And again, I want to say thank you guys very much. If you guys come up here to the media room, I will give you guys a free Liberty Force comic book. We have just a few left. But if you guys want to come up here, I will personally give you a copy of Liberty Force number one and only out of the uh, only on the assumption that you'll buy issue two when it comes out. How's that? Is that a fair deal? I think so. Anyway, so it's Johnny Rocket. Will, how you doing,
1: brother? I'm good, I'm good, you know, just being the sound man. Just being the sound <laughs> man. All right, well, what,
0: what I will do this time, uh, if you can, uh, what we, it's tradition, what we do here on the second segment, it's called Rocket Fire. And what I do on Rocket Fire, sir, is I'm going to ask you a series of questions that if you can keep between 30 to 60 seconds, that would be badass. Awesome. All right. So, Will, are you ready to play Rocket Fire? Let's do it. Question one. Oh, wrong one. Question one. Are there any cases where words may actually be seen as violence or the violation of the non-aggression principle? No.
1: Would you expand on that? No. (laughs) (laughs) No. No. There is no expansion on it. Words are not violence. I'm sorry. If you say something hurtful or you say something stupid, then, you know, Until you actually put action to it, then it's literally just that. It's just words. Uh, Now, I believe words can be weapons, but I don't believe that they can be violence. Right on, man. Question two.
0: How can society respect the rights of parents to raise their kids as they wish while protecting children from abuse in a free society?
1: Well, when I was growing up, my dad, uh, his favorite song was called Mind Your Own Business by Hank Williams Sr., And that's really been my philosophy my whole life is, you know, you mind your business and I'll mind mine. I I was being disciplined one time in a Walmart and a man looked at my father and said, don't you do that to that boy. And my father Mm -hmm. turned and looked at him and said, well, when I get done with him, uh, you're welcome to take his place if you'd like. Mm -hmm. And that was back in the day where if, if if a man looked at your wife the wrong way, then there could be, you know, that was considered fighting words. And we were a lot more polite back then, that's for sure. That's right, a society, man. That's what it boils down to. Question three, where do we get our rights from? I believe we get our rights from God. They're inherent by breathing. If you, if you exist, if you, are, if you breathe, then you have a right to life, liberty, property, yeah. intellect, to protect your family. And the, if law exists, it's the only purview of the law to protect those rights and nothing else. Right on, brother. Question four. Should libertarians utilize the
0: political system or should we use methods like education or civil disobedience?
1: All of the above. Uh, the political yeah. system can be... I did, I've done civil disobedience and political activism work for almost a decade, and we got a further reach when I ran for office in 2016 than I did in almost six years of doing work before that. Our audience went from... from from one level to four levels above, and all I did was run for office. So even if, uh, even if you don't win, just the very act of running for an office gets enough uh, focus and enough attention to the work that we're trying to do okay. that it makes that much engagement with the political system worth it. I'm with you, brother, I'm with you. Question five,
0: what is the greatest
1: obstacle to liberty in the world today? Us. People, human beings, individuals, we are the biggest uh, th- problem f- for freedom today. Our neighbors are the biggest problem for freedom today. It's our mindset, our culture. Uh, it's all around us. We, we accept idiocy from ourselves and then expect to get less than that for others. We we as a society, as a people with each other, Porkfest is unusual because here we have morals and values and treat each other with those morals and values. But as soon as you go out that gate over there, you're back in the real world where those morals and values that we practice in this small space disappear. I'm with you, brother.
0: I am with you, brother. Question six, do you think things will get worse before they get better?
1: I don't know that they will get better. I don't know if they you will. Know, That's I, a good I, question. No, I don't know. I see the. I see, even in our own community, that the, the the current trajectory, at the very least, is towards statism. You know, even our own community is ex- becoming more accepting of ideas like nationalism. You see, the Libertarian Party pushing a centrist populism. Um, yeah. Worship of police and military is now becoming popular in libertarian circles. So you see, a, you see a whole new dichotomy and a shift towards authoritarianism, even in the liberty community now. And I, you know, if you would have asked me 10 years ago when Ron Paul was running in 2012, I would have said, "We're moving toward liberty." But unfortunately, the brakes have been put on that a couple of years ago, and now the floodgate has been opened in the opposite direction. I'm with you, brother. Question seven:
0: What belief do you have that may be considered unlibertarian? Unlibertarian? Yeah, because everyone has one. Come on. If would you, you s- guys agree? Yeah. Do we have one if belief were,
1: that maybe is? Some people would call. Some people would say that my. Basically, if you you can say whatever you want to me, like I don't believe. If you if you call me like a raghead terrorist piece of shit to my face. I like, would not say that. I'm going to laugh at you. I would definitely do it behind my back. But if you home. say it to my eight-year-old, <laughs> if, you, if you say it to my eight-year-old, the very first thing you should do is duck, and the next thing you should do is run. Mm-hmm. If you say it to my wife, the first thing you, duck, the thing you should do is duck, and the next thing you should do is run. Because I can take whatever you dish out, but if you try to hurt to, to hurt my kids or my family, I just I, – I lose all my value system of, like, not hurting people because of, you know –
0: That's your unlibertarian,
1: that's position. un-libertarian position? That's my unlibertarian libertarian position. Very cool. Yeah. Dude, that's cool. S- call my wife a cunt in front of me and watch <laughs> me slap the taste out of your mouth. <laughs> I'm with you, brother. Yeah, no shit,
0: right? <laughs> Question eight. Why is some economic principle so counterintuitive to the average person?
1: Yeah. Mm. Well, i think it's because we 've been kind of indoctrinated to believe a, a, a theory that 's wrong you know we 've been, yeah. been taught that borrowing money makes money mm-hmm. we 've been taught that printing money makes money that when you print money you 're making money you 're not devaluing money you're you 're just making more money and somehow making you know that Ducktales episode that we saw when we were kids—that we got it when we were watching that. Yeah. After one economics course in high school, we suddenly didn't understand it anymore. That's right. No, I'm with you, brother.
0: I'm with you. Um, question nine: How could a free society be more restrictive
1: than what we have now? How could a free society be more restrictive than what we have now? Oh yeah. I think it could be. Huh. If we have, you know. Well, like, I mean, it could, like, look here you've got uh you've got checkpoints coming in Now, if it was just a campground then there really wouldn't be you just stop at the gate and they'd let you in at the end of it but because it's a private event it's a private festival where you know we like the fact that you can leave your stuff out without having to worry about it being stolen we've got people that this is a private private property we have people at the border of the private property saying look we you can't come in here unless you have an armband. You can't come in here unless you have the sticker. You have to have paid for the right to be here. Um, but that, does, that doesn't exist outside of here. This is our private property. Exactly. If, if the wood's over there, nobody's bought that yet, and it's just woods that exist, well, then what people do there is none of my business or yours. I'm with your brother. Or if, if you, you know, like, I don't, say I decide tomorrow, like, oh, you know what? I just, I don't like Guatemalans. <laughs> and you want to have all your Guatemalan friends come over Guatemalan. to your house. Then, you know, guess what? It's none of my damn business if you, you. Yep. move every Guatemalan person in Guatemala into your basement. It's none of my damn business. Yeah. Just because I live next door to you and I have an opinion about Guatemalans. Okay, question ten. How could removing traffic signs and road rules make us safer? I think, first of all, it will encourage uh, uh, politeness and manners again. I know. Uh, A lot of societies you see, that's what they do. Uh, You also see societies where it's the opposite, and the manners go out the window. So, I I, I guess it would—I believe America would go—the manners go out the window, because our manners are already out the window. No, we're assholes. Americans are dicks. We are. We are. We are the asshole of—like, everybody makes fun of the French— because they're snooty, but Americans like there's more of us and we're bigger assholes. <laughs> I think we are. I mean, I, I
2: run the
0: world. Give me a Jack Daniels. That's right. No, I don't know. I think only Budweiser's real beer. Your thousand-year-old recipe is piss. Yeah. No, no. I have to actually say the Canadians are really nice people, and people from Minnesota. Right. That's all I gotta say, right? And people from Massachusetts, shits. Yes, they're actually pretty
1: cool people too. Well, they are screwing the pooch on the medical cannabis thing. Guys. That's right.
2: <laughs>
0: anyway, so, oh, that's Rocket Fire. Give it up for Will Coley. <clears throat> Will, that was really good, bro. Thank you. You rock, brother. There's your applause. See how I did that? That's awesome. We got this room full. Like, there's 50 people in here right now. And I'm really excited that there's all 50 people. Uh, anyway, so, oh, it's Johnny Rocket here at Blast Off. And you can check us out at www.thelaunchpadmedia.com. And I'm excited about the new, new podcast and the new show we have here, Uh, and you can find it at thelaunchpadmedia.com. That was an uncomfortably long pause there. Anyway, so Johnny Rocket always launching ideas, and we'll be right back. Rock and roll. So, thank you for doing. Smoke break. Literally. (laughs)
1: And there's Start doing the keto stir fries with the ground beef. Where's it, my cut?
0: This is Mark Clare of the Lions of Liberty podcast, where we strive to bring you great conversations about the ideas of liberty three days a week, every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Check us out at lionsofliberty.com.
2: Three, two, one. Hey, folks, I'm Rumsfeld W. Markson, the host of the one, the only Rumsfeld Republic uh, podcast. Now, I know what you're thinking, I know exactly what you're thinking. What a clock. This is a awesome. pitch for another show. I already listened to too many. But hey, I've got news for you. Yeah. Each and every Wednesday, cool. you, you got can escape from most
1: entertainment. What's that? It's cool you got that by by Tom Tom You're a fucking Nazi. Nazi. <laughs> <He still laughs> <is the fact laughs> you politics. have Tom Woods in your so thing. Fucking Nazi. I love, I love Tom Woods. Uh, If you like Tom Woods now, you're a Nazi. I am. It's the new thing, yo. It is, it's the new thing, yo. Like, I just saw James Weeks posted. Like, me and James have been friends for years, but I'm sorry, in the last seven, eight months, the whole audacious caucus has jumped a fucking shark, yo. Like, at one point, like, I look at them now and I'm like, YOU WERE SUPPOSED TO BE THE CHOSEN ONES, WHAT HAPPENED TO YOU?! You, know, <laughs> you were supposed to bring balance! To not the accept force. the dark side! Now they're all communists. Directly from the launch pad.
0: Clean <laughs> blue collar to your cell tower. The rock and roll inventorian
2: himself. It's time to blast off with Johnny Rocket.
0: It's blast off with Johnny rocket and anyway so I'm here with my awesome guest, Mr. Will Coley, here at Pork 15. And it's just an insistent honor, Will. I, I, I've
1: been a horrible
0: host. What is your .coms?
1: Oh well, uh, you can go to thecalltofreedomlive.com to hear it uh Uh, get access to the podcast version of our radio show or to click a link to go to many of the different ways to listen to our show live as we broadcast on LRN.FM about nine other affiliates across the U.S., uh, our affiliate in Manila, as well as our international satellite broadcast which is broadcast all across sub-Saharan Africa. That is awesome, dude. So you're like in the
0: Philippines. Yeah,
1: in Manila we have a station. So like people are
0: like Like, in the Philippines. Because I've been to the Philippines. We're
1: like your only radio access to cryptocurrency information in the Philippines. It's either us or the internet. That is badass. I love it, man. I love it. Okay, so what I'm going to do here on the last
0: segment, Will, uh, it's such an honor to have you here, man. I really appreciate it. And you're a cool guy. I mean, like, I met you at the 2016 Libertarian Convention while you were running for VP. And uh, we talked for a good... uh, God, probably about half an hour.
1: Yeah. I asked you questions. You got to and, see me in preacher mode then because I was oh, on you, stage. Dude, yeah. you were on
0: fire. Like, there was nothing but fire going on. Like, you are just surri- You were yelling at people, and I was just like, yes. Yeah. Somebody needs to yell at people. There's not enough people yelling.
1: Yeah. I yelled at Bill Weld a few times. And, <laughs> fuck that
0: guy. Fuck Bill Weld. <laughs> I want to say this right now. Fuck Bill Weld. Right. I'm, I love I'm, I'm excited to the say that. No, I wanna... at Port Fest, and it's like out the window and people are hearing me, and they're probably like, "Yeah, that guy's
1: right." But well, I mean, right. you're 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 supposed to be a libertarian, and the the question is, what do you think libertarians should do about taxes, and what do you think is a what is it a um a pragmatic approach to taxation and Bill's like, well, uh, what I would do is I would go in and uh, I would propose a 10% cut to the fuck you, Bill! I was like, Oh, so you would, and my immediate, so what you would do is exactly what we just did. And what we ended up with was instead of a 10% cut to the budget, we ended up with a 5% cut to the budget. Overages, not to the budget itself. We just cut the amount we were going to up the budget by 5% instead of cutting the budget then to 10% lower. So no, I'm sorry. That's not the way things are. We're libertarians. We don't have milk toast ideas. We have controversial ideas. We don't have ideas that are uh, mainstream. We, right. we believe taxation is theft it is taxation is theft that's what we believe. and it's what we believed for for decades it's what we believe today and anyone who wants to say oh well i believe taxation is theft but you know a little bit of theft has to be okay because we got to keep the brown people out and you know you got to have somebody to shoot the shoot the black people for for walking down the street, you know, and if you're driving, you know, it's gotta have somebody to pull people over for driving while being Mexican.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, we got to protect the, you gotta, we gotta protect my wealth and my donor's wealth. We gotta have a little bit of theft to protect the people people that are funding my campaign.
0: So we're here to promote a little bit of theft, right? I'm joking. The guy's walking
1: in the room like, this isn't libertarian. What are you talking about? A little bit of theft is okay. I'm joking. Well, I mean, we make fun of communists because it's like, okay, just one more purge and everything will be perfect. Right. No well, for, libertarian, for libertarians now, it's like, well, you know, just one more small tax, just a little, little just 10 cents a that, year right. and everything will be fine. Here's the
0: thing, though. Jeff Dice made a great quote. Limited government is like limited cancer. It tends to grow. And it it does. I mean, no matter how small the government you want is, it's going to grow. And if you put restrictions on that government, it's going to still, no matter what kind of government you have, it's going to continue to grow through time. Now, one good thing about the, you know, I'm going to say there is some good things maybe about the Constitution that there was some checks and balances that kept it small for longer. But that's about it. That's about the only thing that we have had is it just took 200 plus years for it to happen. So now we are in a worse state than we have ever been. We are actually under more of a, more of a tyrannical government than than we were as colonists. Or not, not me, I wasn't there, but I'm based on historical facts, right? So, I mean, that's what I'm saying, dude. Like. Fuck! We would be pissed off if we knew, like, if our founding fathers knew about what was going on now. Oh, they'd my be God. turning in their graves, going, "Damn it! That whole republic thing didn't work out very Affirmative well." Affirmative
1: action. Could you imagine? <laughs> you know Let's what I mean? let ask George Washington, and what really and well. James Madison, what they think about the the the, the new in, the income tax. That's right. In the Constitution. Are you serious? Like, we amended the Constitution to say, oh, or the the alcohol prohibition. Oh, my oh, that God. Was a bad, that was a good idea.
0: Let's prohibit alcohol. Yeah. Hey, That's, uh, actually, I'm, hey, I'm tricking copious amounts of right now as we speak.
1: Hey, President Washington, uh, did you know in Virginia it's now a felony to grow that big hemp crop you've got in the back for, that you're using to make the sales for the ship?
2: That's,
1: <laughs> you're right, man. You know we're now outsourcing all of our hemp production from from Hindustan, because that's what they called India back there, and Hindustan. Hindustan. Yeah, did wow. you know that we're you're outsourcing all of your media from Hindustan? So, Will, really quick, let's let's have I have one more question for you. Um, I have one more
0: question for you before we wrap this up, and then we go into our after party because you guys will be. I have some audience members who want to ask Will some questions. Uh, really quick, what do you think of the Libertarian Party? What do you think of the Libertarian Party, and how
1: do you think they're doing? Like, what, I do you quit. think I, I rescinded my? I retired over a year ago. First, first I was working on putting candidates together. I was doing a, a series of, of, uh, we were trying to run minority candidates in ten in ten states, and try to make a real statement about like the Liberty community because we'd had people like Augustus Invictus and you know, uh, Cantwell and others really kind of give the community a black eye, even though they're no longer members of the community and had been ejected from our spaces, you know, five years ago. Uh, that still, the, the association with with them still was giving a bad taste to some of the people that I work with. So I was like, well, we're going to run like Mohammed Shaker in, in Tampa, and we're going to run Issa Hodge in Kansas City, and we're going to run... Zaid uh, you know Zaid Islam in sure. in Baltimore, and we're going to run Paul Paul Galloway in you know District fifty two in Nashville. We're going to find districts where you've got libertarians that are super influential in specific minority groups that have major sway among those groups in that are clumped together in districts. So we were literally like we had plans to just gut. Nashville, because I had two Muslim libertarians that were going to run in heavy Somali immigrant districts, where they're literally like, one of them was called the Yoda of interfaith work. Like, he's basically That's cool. Like, nearly worshipped in these communities. And if he runs for an office, you could he could run for whatever party he chose to, and And he would win. win. He could just run as me, and he would win. And then I got the offer to open the mosque, and then You know, the thing with Weld and Nick Sarwark and the party not being willing to to say, hey, you shouldn't give money to drug warrior candidates in New Hampshire uh, while you're our vice presidential candidate. You know, you just shouldn't do that. And to say that in public instead of being like, um, he's an individual and can do what he wants to with his money. Well, yeah, but he's a member of a private organization that has rules. That's right. We are a private group. We Yes. Oh, well, you just want to be a club. That's what a party is, you idiot. A party is a private club of individuals with similar views and philosophies who work together to further those philosophies, sometimes by getting elected to office. Here's the thing, though. Like,
0: if the Libertarian Party... Wanted to say, like, you know, I, I, I didn't give a shit about the James Weeks stripping on stage. Hell no, man. It got show. us
1: more media. It did, it
0: did. But it didn't bother me. I don't give a fuck. Whatever. But what I'm saying is, if that private organization, if the Libertarian Party wanted to be like, okay, if we're having convention, we have a dress code. If we, if we, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm being serious. If you want to take us seriously, we should take ourselves seriously. Right? If you're wearing a suit and tie, hey... Actually, I will wear one, and my girlfriend can say I have. Yeah, I, if that were the I look, rules, I, look, I would. But no. as a
1: libertarian, we wouldn't enforce those rules because we're ultra in favor of personal expression and people sure. are free to be. I'm just saying though, if and they did though, I mean, I'd be you like, you just okay, do it. It's a whatever. private event, right? No, I'm with you on that. I don't like the checkpoint at the gate, but it's a private event. I want to come, so guess what I do. Go to the I stopped
0: name. the fucking checkpoint. That's right. right. No, I'm with you, man. <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm, I'm smelling what you're stepping. <laughs> in. I'm Smelling what you're stepping in. Uh, anyway, so this is Johnny Rocket here at Blastoff, and Will. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. Um, Will, again, give us your dot coms, and then what? Oh, before you do that, I just want everyone to know we're going to do the after party here. So if you have some questions for Will, we'll have some, you know, kind of a more loosey goosey conversation. If you have any questions for Will, please ask him after this.
1: But anyway, though, so Will, give us your dot-coms. com, or you can check out my old project, Muslims for Liberty, at MuslimsForLiberty.org, or you can uh, keep up to date uh, with, I now, I now run a mosque in Keene. Uh, that's basically just Facebook, the Malik Center on Facebook, Masjid al latif Interfaith Community Center. Dude, that's badass, dude. And you know, Will, I mean, you've been doing a lot of great things for Liberty,
0: man, and uh, since I've known you, you know, as from 2016, when I first met you, dude, you're the most incredibly fired up libertarian. Don't lose that shit. Man. Thank you. Because, you know, we only live once. Woo! And, and this is what this country is the liberty community guys. Yeah. And, and this is what it's all about guys. And so I just want to say, thank you guys for being here at pork fest. We're celebrating Liberty. We're celebrating independence and we're celebrating voluntarism. Thank you guys very much. This is Johnny Rocket signing off. Episode two, rock and roll. <laughs> party! Party! <laughs> Thank you guys. Anyway, so we'll do the after party with Will Coley. That was, that, that was, I almost brought a tear to my eye. <laughs> almost did. Almost did. Just about. Oh, you ready for the after party? The,
1: that was the indigestion.
0: That was that was just that was taking the spicy V8 bloody Mary over the regular. Alright, here we go. After party. You guys ready for questions? Alright, here we go. Alright, this is the after party here. At Blast Off. And I'm here with Will Coley and we have a bunch of
1: Beautiful Libertarians here in the audience. Will, how are you, brother? I'm good. I'm good. I, my, my kid thinks he can have a bag of cotton candy for lunch. So okay. well, that's all right. It's pork fest. It's freedom, but we're not that free. it's fest and, and it's freedom.
0: All right, guys. So, uh, I don't know if you guys can be heard, uh, but if you guys want to come up here and I'll give you the mic and you yeah. can ask Will your questions. This thing has a condom on it, so I don't know. Yeah, yeah, you just do it like this.
3: <clears throat> Testing. You were saying earlier uh, that you started a libertarian party of Pakistan. I'd like to hear uh, you elaborate on that. See how that's going.
1: Yeah, um, that's where I got my start in activism. Actually, was so I was a political apathetic. You know, just like your average American. Like you know, food stamps are good. And My, you know, FICA taxes suck. That kind of, you know, like the average American, you know, you don't know anything about economics because you learned it for half a semester in high school, that kind of guy. And then when I became Muslim, the Arabic teacher at my mosque had a Ron Paul sticker on his car during the 2008 election. And for me, like the fact that a Muslim would campaign for a Republican... After the Bush administration was like mind-boggling to me. I was like, why on earth would you vote for anyone who was not a Democrat? Because they're the only people that don't say they want to put us all in camps or deport, you know, the imam. And he's like, no, 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 no. You should read this book. (laughs) And he introduced me to the work of Ron Paul. And at the same time, I was studying Islamic jurisprudence at university and i started noticing that the economic ideas that were being preached by ron paul were also in the books that i was reading by writers like ibn khaldun and when i was the more i was reading about the economic jurisprudence of islamic text the more i was seeing that like the economic v- values were matching up like there is no fractional reserve banking and interest based lending like all of that's considered theologically forbidden like there's only one sin on earth that God has declared war on in the Quran. It's not murder. It's not uh, zina. It's not homosexuality. It's not any of the things that everybody thinks comes to mind when you hear the word word sin. You know, from the Christian perspective, there's all these things, and most of them are the same for Muslims. But the one that God has openly declared war on is interest-based lending, usury, riba. That He will that He will punish the one who lent the money, the one who received the money, and the one who witnessed the transaction, that they'll all be seen equally accountable for the predatory thing that just happened. Because interest-based lending is seen, you know, the banks are the predator and you are the prey. They are the haver and you are the have-not. And they use your have-not as a way to extract an unjust amount of wealth from you. So like you're... $30,000 $30,000 house becomes $85,000 when you finally pay it off because they it's predation. Right, with with the interest. Yeah, with the interest. All right. Okay, we got another one. Is
2: that interest in general or just like No, usury interest like-
1: usury in general. Yes, usury in general is seen as completely forbidden. It's a pred- it's seen as a predatory practice. Uh, so I have a question
0: relating, uh, to your discussion of the Libertarian Party, and especially people like Bill Weld influencing it. Fuck him. <laughs> I, I, compl- I completely agree. I didn't say that. Uh, uh,
3: based on your earlier I discussion, it, I got the impression, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, that, uh, people like that influencing the party, uh,
0: not only is it a source of frustration, but it, it makes you sort of lose faith in that as
3: a pathway, mm-hmm. uh, I've been a libertarian for a fairly long time, but small L, haven't joined the party. But the more I see somebody like Bill Well, the more inclined I am to join the party to stop a guy like him. Yeah. I'm just curious what your thoughts are on the balance between those two different
0: perspectives and which way you think might be a better way to go. Great question. Very good question.
1: Awesome, dude. I love that question. That's a hard question. Part of the problem is like, you have the resistance movement, which was the Radical Caucus. The Radical Caucus, backed after Bill Weld won, the Radical Caucus, in the name of unity in the party, said, okay, now principles are gone, a bad libertarian won, a non-libertarian won, but the party picked him, so we have to support him. And in the name of not being labeled bad people, we're going to campaign for Bill Weld. Okay, that's when I left the Radical Caucus. I was like, I don't want to be a member of this caucus. I renounce my endorsement of this caucus. I don't want to be associated with this caucus. You guys are sellouts. And now they have a thing, it's called the Radical Caucus Gulag. And it's a Facebook group filled with people who were members of the Radical Caucus who spoke out against the Radical Caucus supporting Bill Weld. When I said I wouldn't support Bill Weld, they had to have a meeting on whether or not to rescind their endorsement of me because I said I wouldn't support the candidate if Bill Weld won the nomination. And they were like, well, that's just sour grapes. No, I don't want someone who supports Obamacare to say supporting Obamacare is good while he's campaigning as a libertarian vice presidential candidate. If you're speaking in the name of me, a member of a party, I would like you to at least have some of my values. And the problem that we're finding is that Under the the moniker of big tent party, everyone throws out the whole like, well, if someone agrees with me 90% and disagrees with me 10%, but that's not what we're getting. What we're getting is literally the mirror opposite. We're like, well, they don't like taxes, but they support every other thing that big government does. You know, Bill Weld was like 24-hour-a-day status Tourette. Hey, Bill, what do you think we should do about terrorism? Uh, I don't know, drone bomb Yemen. What? Well, what do you think about gun control? Well, you know, the M1, the standard, uh, is a military rifle. And, you know, if you just take a pin out of it and fart in the, in the left direction while you hold your nostril, it turns into a weapon of mass destruction. and It's just one thing after the other. Well, what do you think about socialized medicine? Well, you know, I'm not like other uh, Republicans. Wait a second, I thought you were a Libertarian, bro. You are the Libertarian Party vice presidential candidate. That's how they just fucking introduced you, right? Didn't they just say, this is Bill Weld, the Libertarian vice presidential candidate? And your response was, well, I'm not like other Republicans. I support the mandate in Obamacare because I understand that the only way to get prices to come down is to force people to buy things. Don't hold back. Right? Right. (laughs) Whatever you do, just do not hold back. (laughs) I love so words. for me, being in the party is no longer feasible because, I mean, you hear me, right? The party, at least, they, they hate me because I'm like, look, you guys suck. You're completely sold out. You've got your nose so far up the Beltway Libertarians' asses begging for money. You know, oh, give me another check, another check. I mean, you got Nick uh, Sarwar. Okay, so there's a visual, uh, somebody was coming on Will's face. <laughs> You know, it, it, Dick's like, I want it to be a paid position. Come on, Bill, make it a paid position. Oh, I want it to be paid. <laughs> that's that's what I see from the, the Libertarian Party. You literally like my, my co-host asks all the time on the air, Alicia Dern, what did it take to get the taste of old man dick out of your mouth after you endorsed oh. Bill Weld at the National oh. Convention? Was oh. it Pabst perhaps- Blue Ribbon? Oh, probably or shut of jameson <laughs> i mean come on and tell me that being in that kind of a space is actually look at how hot and angry i mean being around those people make me want to violate the non aggression principle so to me it's it's just not a i got more work done when i was outside the party running for office in the party got me lots of media but when I'm not running for office, I want nothing to do with the party because the party is one gigantic hole of drama and money and effort. And like I got off Facebook for three weeks because of party idiots and drama. And I wasn't back on it three days and I wanted to put a pistol in my mouth. So and that's just not a, that's not a positive or constructive form of work. The, the people here, most of them are non-party activists. And you notice something about them that you don't see at the party conventions? They're smiling. <laughs> They're fucking happy. Nobody's running around chanting about how they hate somebody. They're no not- one's screaming, don't vote for this guy. I disagree with him. He's a fucking Nazi man. You don't hear any of that shit. Why? Because we're not in a party. No one here is vying for control over anything. No one here is campaigning to be the king dipshit of hillbilly paradise. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Nobody wants to be, you know, head poobah of dumbassville. No one here is saying, I want to be the number one leader of the group that doesn't like leaders. The whole thing is like preposterous to me. And we're, we're inviting all of these people in, in in the name of big tent. But what you end up with is like, the bottom 10% of the Nolan chart is a big tent, left and right, right? But what we, we end up with is all of the rest of it from top to bottom in the name of money, votes, uh, being mainstream, appealing to the normies. Man, Fuck the normies, bro. The, we left those people. I left the Republican Party because they were normie idiots who had no values. They spoke about one thing and voted the opposite. And I come to the Libertarian Party and they're telling me, well, no, man, you need to accept that. Accept that again. We're the party of principle, and we're going to show that by selling out every time we get the opportunity. So to me, being in the party is only effective if you're running for office and if you're not running for office, then fuck the party. It's literally a waste of your time and money. Gary Johnson 2020. <laughs> <laughs> if if Bill, here's, here's a suggestion, just one second. If Bill Weld wins the nomination, here's what I suggest to you as a libertarian. Strip down into a bikini top and hold a fuck the police rally in your town and run for office as sheriff under the libertarian party banner if bill weld or a retread fucktard that he's endorsed wins the nomination hold a sharia law for the usa rally in the middle of your town i want to see angry libertarians on the front page of the newspaper everywhere so that these beltway assholes that want to pour this money into our party in order to buy influence are like damn bro this is literally a waste like Every time we win, they sabotage, like actual libertarians, they'll burn their own house down to keep us from being able to rob it. And you're damn right, bro. I will burn the part of your Rothbard to the ground before I see it used to advocate socialism or centrist populism. And I'm I'm just not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. And I suggest other libertarians do the same. If Bill Weld wins in 2020, go wear a bikini top, write fuck you on your chest, And hold a fuck the police rally in the middle of your town in the name of your local... Create your own Libertarian Party affiliate in your town and just act like a fucking idiot all day, every day. Get as much media coverage as you can. Make sure every volunteer hour done is wasted. Every penny that's donated is wasted. And that way, they learn. You don't buy access in our party. Our ballot access, we'll burn it to the ground before we'll give it to Ted Cruz or Jeb Bush, or some retread that was never even in anything to begin with, let alone has-been, like Bill Well. And this is brought to you
0: by National Public Radio.
1: (laughs) 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 Sorry for interrupting you. Uh,
2: I don't want to pick on you too hard for this because it was in the rapid-fire round. Yeah. Um, But you had
0: said that if someone called your wife a cunt that you would slap them. Uh, I ask you a couple of things. Uh, if mm. somebody called you a dick, would you support your wife slapping them? And Probably. also, uh, you had said as well in the same round, I believe, that words are never violence. So I'm Ooh. curious to hear if you have any responses to that. Well, Ooh, that, that was good. Very that good. Was, very that good. was well-researched. Well, I
1: was specifically asked, what is your one non-libertarian position? And that is mine. I mean, I'm not arguing that it is a libertarian position. Uh, I'm just saying that that's like, I have a line. Every person has one. There's a yeah. uh, there's a, an unseen line in ev- that everybody has that when you cross it, people will act in a way that they normally wouldn't act on any other day or in any other circumstance. And the culture that I was raised in, the protection of family is so absolutely paramount that that's just something that's literally been instilled in me from day one, that a man's... Position a male, a guy, me as a husband, my position culturally is to protect those in my care right and on. theologically. Like it's my job. I answer to my maker for whether or not I protect the people in my care. I love it. I love it sounds like you're
3: saying your wife is weaker than you.
1: I'm saying that genders have roles, and to ignore the fact that different people of different genders have roles is to ignore the evolution of human society for, I don't know, 900,000 years. (laughs) Or 90,000 years, I mean. So, you know, human society has always had gender roles. Women give birth and suckle children. Men hunt so women can do that. Or... It's reversed when the children are older, women do other things. There's each society has its, and it's not just American society, native societies, their gender roles were reversed where women were the hunters and and gatherers and men were the stay at home in certain tribes. It's just, it's different depending on culture, society, tribe. And for me, the gender roles I was raised with, I'm a protector. It's my job. Last night, I was really
0: drunk, right? And I got blasted, right? I don't remember getting home, however, comma. I was at. I was, we got back to the hotel, and she's like, "I'm gonna take a bath," and I'm like, "All right." So I, I, I said, "I'm the hunter." I like, I <laughs> so I went down to the little, like you know, the vending machine, and I, I brought stuff back because I was the hunter. Yeah, you know, I, <laughs> I felt like a warrior last night. Right. She's like, back in the day, hey, you used
1: to have the bag of deer, you, Johnny. <laughs> You got me popcorn and Pop-Tarts and I'm like yes right and, and I back in the day really, you had to fight a lion with your fuck, bare what hands you about that shit man <laughs> you got to do speed quarters in a vending machine I did <laughs> you
0: No know, I got my credit card out and I was
1: like I forgot the right? pin number technology is awesome. fuck Yeah but like okay so really
0: quick sorry to swear in front of you kids man Yeah they've heard worse Okay it's his sixth pork fest too. Okay, no, so he's good, he's good. Uh, Really quick, man, what do you guys, what do you think of the Mises caucus? And I, you know, I think-
1: I don't have an opinion on them. They're just another caucus. They have their own views and values. I like Mises. There are some people that are associated with the Mises folks that I don't like, but you know, I mean, they're, they are who they are. They like me. They asked yeah. me to run for a chair. They asked me to run for they, – they're still asking me to run for at-large. They're like, look, we'll get you hooked up with the media room. We'll figure out a travel package for you. And I'm just like – I'm just – I, I – you must hate me. Why the hell would you offer to have me have a position no, on, on the like, national I think they like you because you, like, you have fire, man. That's all that matters. I would and never So who likes Rothbard? Raise your hand. Okay. Okay. We don't have – Who likes Rothbard? Raise your hand.
0: Rothbard. Okay, good. I just want to make sure we're all okay. <laughs> I don't want, like, commies in the room. Or anything. I'm joking. The Audacious Caucus isn't here
1: this week. <laughs> okay, good. But, uh, hey, man, uh, do you have <laughs> – is, uh, is there any other questions? Oh, we got one more. Remember when the Audacious Caucus was an ANCAP caucus? And, yeah, and now they're over yeah. overrun by commies and tankies. He's, yes. Are you looking at a potential 2020 run for office? Would that be under the LP banner or something else? Well, I mean, I, I, this, is, this is what I say. If somebody was to come to me with a $100,000 war chest and be like, look, we want you to run for, we want you to run for the presidential nomination uh, or the vice presidential nomination of the Libertarian Party, I would do it. But when I ran last time, I, I put blood, sweat, and tears in. Like I raised all my own money. I raised money on the road. We sold T-shirts on the road to raise, to raise money. I mean, it was like I quit my, jo- I quit my job. My regular day job, I've found a way to make money outside of my i regu- I basically created a business so that I could run for office and run a business on the road and make money to fund my campaign. And oh my God on earth and heaven, that is a pain in the ass and a difficult thing to do. And I just God, the headache of being like, okay, I have a convention that I need to speak at in two days and we are $600 short of what we need to get there. And I don't know where it's going to come up, where we're going to pull the money out of and going through that again, I wouldn't want to do running for office. If the money was there and a caucus put the money together, I'd do it in a heartbeat because I know that the message needs to be heard and that the, the candidates that I trust to preach the message have changed their message. There were two candidates that were gonna run in 2020 that I really trust to be good vice regents of agorism and volunteerism. And they've become like borderline communists now. So I don't want to leave the party to them, but if there wasn't money sitting there waiting for me to run, I just, Jesus Christ, man. Raising money like that is so stressful. So I, I agree with all the criticisms you had with uh, Weld, the Weld,
0: and- those probably similar views say fuck bill well fuck bill well
1: (laughs) i'm just curious are there any potential 2020 candidates that you're seeing that you like at all not at all not even a little bit i like adam i love adam you know adam thank you adam is like is, is my is my people you know he's family but there's too much baggage there's just too much you know, there's 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 a split in the Libertarian Party over whether or not to support him, a major rift. Like, he's a Bill Weld-level um, divisive. Like, him as a character. I love that the guy... And uh, come on my radio show, uh, put him... In, in. If I ever won office, I'd put him in charge of the military. That's great. Well, because I know that he would immediately dissolve it and do it in a very good way. You know, yeah. but... But you know, to I run think... for office, he is just so divisive, plus the, all the stuff on Facebook and then the Van Gutierre thing where the, the, the character assassination and the, the boyfriend-girlfriend contract and all this. There's, just, there's so much out there that I just think there's too much baggage for him to run. I agree. Um, I agree. I liked Larry Sharp. If Larry Sharp was willing to go back to what he was talking about in 2016, the, uni- the, the concept of unite the clans, stop arguing, unite the clans. Stop the factionalism. Unite the clans. Quit bringing outsiders in the party. Unite the clans. Quit shopping outside of our own. Quit going and finding a guy that joined the party five minutes before he stood up and declared himself for the nomination. Unite the clans. There are people within the party that exist. We've been working for years. Unite the clans. We can be stronger if we're fighting together. Unite the clans. You've got radicals who fought against Bill Weld. You've got Strong libertarians who fought against Bill. Well, my own like inspiration, Arlie Wrights. he's like my spirit animal. When I first became a libertarian, he called me with tears. I could hear it in his voice, crying and apologizing because he fell into the trap of identity politics and endorsed Alicia Dern and called me on the phone crying, saying, I am so sorry that you came to me and asked me yeah. And I didn't give it to you instead, you You know, man, unite us. There's people like Arlie writes. The people that followed him will never follow a bill. Well, they'll never follow anyone who will support a bill. Well, you've got half the party who can't afford what the beltway libertarians can afford. They can't afford $4,000 and a week off of work to go to Louisiana for a week and have a party and vote on who gets to run the party and who gets to be the nominee. We don't have regular primaries like everybody else. So the people who have, the elites in our party, we're creating what we, what we condemned in the parties that we left. So if we can find a candidate that's willing to get behind that kind of message and say, you know what, I don't want the support of the Beltway types. Fuck you. Fuck Reason Magazine. Fuck Cato. Fuck all of you. I don't care what you have to say. I want to know what the members of the party want to Go say. No right? I want the party to support me. I don't care what Reason supports. I don't care that Cato's got their, so, their nose so far up Bill Weld and Gary Johnson's ass. You tell you what kind of curry he had for dinner last week. <laughs> Unite the clans. That's we exist. Close. We're That's libertarians. We're out here. You need our work. You need our votes. You demand it. You criticize us if you don't give it to it, if we don't give it to you. But what the fuck are you doing to earn it besides going out here and picking up retreads that say, I love Obamacare because I understand economics. What fucking planet are you from? You know? Yeah. Unite the clans. And if Gary, if Larry was willing to stand up and start preaching that message again. I'd get behind Larry. I'd run and beg to be his running mate if he would be willing to stand up and say, you know what, I want to bring hardcore, unapologetic, unfiltered libertarians back into the fold of the party. I want a, a moderate libertarian candidate as president to preach the message to the public, and I want a hardcore, unfiltered libertarian mess- candidate in the VP who can preach our message in a, in a subtle way that's pure. He can talk about the stuff that the public likes to talk about, and the VP can be the teacher.
0: Well, I I think you're right. I mean, mean, here's the thing. Like, no one's – I mean, I'm sorry. I love – I like Adam's message, and I like Adam, what he has to say. But the thing is, it's not reasonable. We're not going to get the American public's consent on that, right? So I I like your idea. Like, get a moderate guy up there like – Larry. Larry. Like Larry, Larry's you know funny the, about Larry. Larry's Sharp the
1: Libertarian. Larry Obama.
0: has said, "I have talked to Larry for about two hours. I have no clue what we talked about. He is that good. Like he is that fucking good." He's I go a Libertarian Obama. I'm a, a dude, I'm like Larry. What the fuck did we? Do? I, I go, Larry. What's your part? You know, what's your position on Obamacare? And he goes, "Well, Johnny, started. You know, and he starts talking about something else." I'm like, "That's a fucking politician." He's good. He's fucking I love good, Larry. right? And so maybe that's what we need. I, I don't know. But all I know is I still don't know what the fuck Larry Sharp stands for. But that's maybe okay. If Barack Obama and Donald <laughs> Trump had a love child, it would be Larry Sharp. It would Sharp. be Larry Sharp. I, I'm with you. Uh, I'm with you, man. I uh, said that in 2016 at the debate <laughs> on stage. You can go back and watch the video. <laughs> I still have no idea. If somebody could write me a memo, of like, what the fuck? You know, Larry Sharp's a sweet guy, he's the nicest guy. Had a picture with the Liberty Force comic book, you can find it at libertyforcecomic.com. Anyway, so uh, I mean, he, he is endorsed
1: a, me for a VP and then summarily whooped my ass. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I love Will Coley, I'm gonna kick his ass though.
1: Uh, but I mean,
0: I, I mean, Larry, I, could somebody please bring up a PowerPoint slide of where the fuck Larry Sharp stands on things? Because I don't know. And I, does anyone in this room know? Raise your hand if you have a really concrete, foundational idea of where Larry Sharp stands. Thank you. No
1: one to raise their hand. Oh, but everybody wait. loves him. But everyone loves him. Like I said, he's the libertarian Obama. Nobody That's knows it. what he really believes in. You but never we know. All really, you really like him. God know. damn, he's a charismatic. Yeah, son am I right? Of bitch.
0: But he's good though. He's cool. We have a minority. We look cool. We're not racist. For me, for me
1: Larry, it's like Larry could be the, the you know the, the lace glove. Or the satin glove, and then we need the other candidate to be the Iron Gauntlet. So like, that's right. Larry's stroking him like everything's okay. Hey, we're good. No, no, no. no. Taxation, we're good. Taxation is is, is, not. Taxation is. It's all right. (laughs) taxation is theft, (laughs) theft, (laughs) theft, (laughs) theft, theft. Love you, brother. Anyway,
0: so this is the after party. Thank you guys very much for being here on the second episode of Blast Off with Johnny Rocket, and thank you guys so much. I appreciate it. Anyway, so check us out at thelaunchpadmedia.com forward slash blast off. Anyway, so this is Johnny Rocket, signing off. Rock and roll. Anyway, so that was you, the Thank blast you. off episode at Porkfest. Thank you guys very much for listening. And I hope you enjoyed it, even though the audio quality obviously was not that good, but I had a good time doing it. And uh, hearing will is just amazing. Thank you guys so much for supporting the show. We really appreciate it. You guys are great. Anyways, though, it's Johnny Rocket signing off
2: with our very first special, Rock and Roll, and we'll see you next week.